Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Shire Salvos podcast. Jack Clifton here uh, with you and hope you're doing well and hope you had a, a wonderful Easter period. It was yeah nice to have some nice warm weather around Sydney and I uh, hope you enjoyed getting to spend time uh, with yourself or with family uh, or with loved ones or even uh, just with, with Jesus himself uh, in, in some of the services that were held uh, over the weekend. I came uh, to the Good Friday service. I went to both the, the 9 o'clock and 10.30 services and had a, a really good time and it was great again to be connecting with the Word of God and being encouraged by hanging out with with other people as well. A bit of a shorter podcast this week due to a bit of a short turnaround. I'm just going to have the message from Mark that he gave to us on Easter Sunday. So we'll be playing, uh, playing that uh, next uh, and uh, yeah, wrapping things up here. But uh, next week's podcast will involve uh, some of the news uh, and hasn't been too much around the church at the moment, but we'll update you on next week's episode with all of the news around the uh, Menai and Miranda locations for Shire Salvos. But Let's uh, jump into it. Uh, this is Mark's message uh, from Easter Sunday, and we certainly hope that you're encouraged by it this week. It's a powerful testimony, isn't it? Hey, a bit of energy in the room, hey? I feel like I feel like tired. <laughs> I haven't done anything yet. I've just been sitting there telling my son to be quiet and stop yelling at everyone. Um, but he's risen. I'll try it again. He is risen. Indeed. Our God, your God, is in the business of bringing dead things back to life. Do you believe that? Our God is in the business of transforming lives. Our God is in the business of bringing lost people who don't even know that they're lost back to a truer purpose and truer calling and better fulfillment than they've ever had. Our God is in the business of breathing life into people. Do you believe that? I believe that. And I believe that we can live a life that is full of life. We don't have to live a life that just goes through the motions we just get through, I just get by. I don't want to live a life where I get by. I want to live a life where I thrive being all that God created me to be. And as I said that, was there anything in your spirit that says, yeah, I want that too? Anyone? And you can have it. You can have it. How good is that? That little wanting more in your life to, to be more fulfilled, have greater purpose and meaning and be able to have the strength to go through whatever situation you find yourself in, whatever challenge, you can have it when you have the breath of life, when you claim Jesus for your own and live a life living for him. You with me? I want to ask you a question. You're going to help me. Um, rather than a Bible reading, I'm going to ask you some um, it's not a trivia question, but I want to ask you, what do you about Peter in the Bible? I'm going to reflect on him in chapters John 20 and um, John 21. Um, what do we know about Peter? And don't just pick on Peter. Let's think about some good things as well. Sometimes we pay out on Peter. But what, what about Peter the disciple? What do we know about Peter? Anyone? Come on, throw him out. He would be the rock on which he would build his church. Yeah, that's right. What else? He dropped everything to follow Jesus. What else? He also denied Christ. Okay, yeah, and Peter's not so good after all. What else? What about Peter? Come on. 
Do we need to send you to Sunday school, guys? Come on. Anything else about Peter that we know in the Bible that you understand? He needed to tell Peter to calm down. Sometimes he was overpassionate. I don't know any pastors like that can be a bit overexcited sometimes. <laughs> Nothing wrong with passion, you know. What else? What else about Peter? One more thing. He had a different name. He was Simon before Jesus named him. And you know what? I believe that God has a name for you. And the name is the name that you're called. But you know what? He has a name where he wants to rename you into a man or woman who is in tune with him, in tune with his spirit. He wants you to be God's man and God's woman. I want to ask another question. So we hear as a godly guy, he surrounded himself, he followed Jesus, he was a passionate guy, he had words of prophecy spoken on him that he's going to be um, someone that, built, that God is going to build his church upon, and so he's passionate, yet he could be a bit brazen, and yet he, you know, he says he's a tough guy, and then all of a sudden he denies Jesus one minute. He was the guy that pulled the sword and chopped the ear off when they were taking Jesus away of the, of the soldier. So he's a pretty, I like Peter. Maybe not, I'm not going to chop everyone's ear off. But, um, but I like Peter. I like his passion. And yet he makes mistakes. I want you to think this though. How do you think Peter is feeling after Jesus dies on the cross? I want you to get into that moment. How do you think Peter is feeling after seeing Jesus, the man he left everything to follow, the man that spoke words of prophecy over him, the man that changed his name to have a greater meaning, the man that he denied, ever knowing, and yet he would say, I would lay my life down for you. How do you think he's feeling right now? Sorry? Yeah, he feels like a failure. Well, how else do you think he'd feel? He'd be devastated. Absolutely devastated. I want to ask you the question. Ever been in that place? Ever failed? Could have been an exam, opportunity, career, job, relationship. Bad financial decision, cryptocurrency, you know, lost a bit of money on that. Um, don't invest in what you don't know. Um, but you know, when we failed, that's how Peter was feeling. He was absolutely devastated. Absolutely. And not only that, you know, the crazy thing is, is, you know normally in life, when people lose the plot, it's normally not over the big issues. Have you ever heard the saying, the straw that broke the camel's back? I want it, so he is as low as you can get. He's devastated. He's flat. He said this and he didn't deliver. He didn't come through. And then we find ourselves in the passage, Mary's gone to the tomb, the stone's been rolled away, and we find ourselves... Um, she comes back and says, Simon's been run away. They've taken Jesus. And he starts to run. He starts a race. And it says this. It says, so Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both of them were running. Okay, it's a running race. 
Peter's not a very good runner, you'll hear. But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked, at it, um, looked in at the stripes of linen lying there, but did not go in. And then it says, then Simon Peter, who was behind him, he came in last. He's devastated, he's flat, and he can't even win a running race. You ever feel a little bit, have moments like Peter? You ever feel like in life, and this is a danger, you ever feel like in life that people are passing you and you're falling behind? You ever feel that? Ever feel feel people are ahead of you where you want to be? Ever feel like a failure? Ever feel like you have good intentions but it never works out how you had planned? It could be to do with a career, faith, not going to buy a house, relationships, family, financially. And we fall into this trap of feeling that we are falling behind. And I want to embrace, I'm going to give you three truths this morning that I believe if we embrace will help us live a life full of the breath of God. Actually the blessings of God, actually the truth of God, the peace of God, the joy of God, the understanding of God, the reassurance, the perseverance of God. I believe in this. You are never behind in life when you partner with God. I feel like as I was preparing, some of you need to hear that today. You are never behind in life when you partner with God. Whatever situation you find yourselves in, if you're partnering with God, you are never behind. Yet things may not have turned out how you'd like, a bit like Peter, but you are never behind in life when you partner with God. Do you agree with that? It's hard to really embrace though, isn't it? Because when we're on this world, we look at other people, we look at other things. And the lie of the enemy will tell you to compare yourself, compare them and how that's going. Men struggle with this. We want to be a provider. We'll look at other people's career tra- trajectory. We'll look at other people's finance. People have made finance because in most men, we feel like we have to be a provider, even though that these days everyone's working, <laughs> everyone's providing for the family. And or even in sport, you've talked about the goat, the greatest of all time. It's comparison. Everything we do is compared to this, compared to that. And who is the greatest of all time? We're going LeBron or Michael Jordan. Tom Brady, okay. Uh, or, or, or what about in tennis, the greatest all, all time? People go Roger Federer, Nadal, Djokovic. Or we do at churches. Oh, that church is going really good, or this church is not so good. Or We just continually compare. You want about people who church shop? What are they doing? They're comparing how other churches are uh, compared to other churches. My thing is, you just should compare churches to how the Spirit of God moves. You should just compare churches about how they are actually serving the community and actually loving on people and actually serving suffering humanity and actually being the hands and feet. You should actually judge churches about how healthy they are, not how many numbers are in them. You with me? But you know what? 
parents are the worst at this. We're the worst at this. And we do it all the time. And before we know it, we have instilled this of comparing, which is a cancer. We've instilled this in our kids. And the Holy Spirit convicted me. I was reading a book with Emerson, sitting in bed reading a book. Hey, Dad, I moved up a level. I'm on level 16 or 17. Oh, that's great. And you know what I said? She has a really good friend, Ivy. And I said, what level is Ivy on? She says, oh, she's on level 30. She's a good, really good reader, Dad. And then straight away, my girl thinks she's not a good reader. But Ivy, she is a fantastic reader. And my girl, she's an average reader. She's kind. She's caring. She's creative. She's funny. You know what she said to me the other day? I said, I didn't really want dinner. And she comes up to me and she says, hey, Dad, Mum and I got you some prawns. Do you want some prawns for dinner? I said, oh, I would love prawns. And she goes, nah, just joking. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I just need to instill in her. If she tries her best and she stays close to God, she's going to be wherever God wants her to be. You with me? And I feel like God just wants to say that same. I think many of you just need to hear this this morning. You are exactly where God wants you. You may not, you may be in a terrible situation, but right now, God has you where He wants you. He may want to take you to another place or do something else in you, but you know what? Do not compare yourself. It is a cancer that will rob you, and it robs us. But you know what I love? I absolutely love about Peter. He keeps showing up. Got to give Peter some credit, doesn't he? He just keeps showing up. He knows that he'd failed Jesus. He knows that he's denied him. And he just keeps rocking up. And I think, you know what? If I can instill one thing in my daughter, it would be this. To make it her life's mission. To put herself in a position for Jesus to speak and breathe into her time and time again. Whether she's a bad reader, a good reader, a great reader. And shame and disappointment will often cause people to run and hide and avoid people, avoid opportunities and future opportunities. But you know what? Peter rocked up. I love Peter. He made mistakes. He just rocked up again. And he came again and again and again. He had a go. You know, 95% of entrepreneurs, everyone wants to be an entrepreneur, start a new business, be a world changer. They'll fail. 95%. My dad, and I've shared this before, my dad says when he's counseled people on their deathbed, there's three things they normally try to get right or they'll regret or they'll have a conversation. And one of them is they want to get right with God. They wish they would have spent more time with their family. The second thing is they wish they would have taken more risk. And I think God the Father is looking down. He's saying, I back you. Take a risk. It's okay. I'm with you. Don't, you don't have to stay in that little comfort box, but you know you can step out. And you know what God does? He turns your past failures and disappointments, and he uses them as lessons for you to live out your preferred future. 
Your past failures and disappointments are lessons for you to live out your preferred future. I believe God will build on the lessons of life, the hardships of life, the challenges of life. I believe he will build on them when you start and continue to partner with him. And so I would say, keep your Bible open. Keep rocking up. Keep being in journey with other men and women of faith. Keep praying. Keep trying your best. Keep stepping out and keep going. You know, I love the passage where it says, as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It's a rat, but I probably won't do it to her. Um, it goes, as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. The key part in this whole thing is this. As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we just need to keep walking. We need to keep stepping. We need to keep striving. And we walk through the valley, the challenges of life. We walk through these things. And we come out the other side and we've learnt from them. And your past failures, your past disappointments will help you build upon what God wants to do in your life. Are you with me? You know, um, the only place you'll be able to flourish in life the only place you'll be able to flourish in life is in an intimate relationship with Jesus. The only place that I will be able to flourish in my life, my, my, my brain, my whatever it is, is actually partnering with Jesus. And today we're going to have an opportunity to do, um, particularly at Easter, we, I, I, we like to get you to get out of your seats and do something as an action, as thinking, you're just not just sitting there hearing, this, hearing the, this Easter message, but actually participating in this. And um, down here we have, amongst a whole heap of balloons, we have a whole heap of little flowers. And I'm going to encourage you, we've got, we've got time, I want to encourage you to come and take a flower. And over here at the foot of the cross... Um, we've got some pots that just have some soil in them. And we want you just to place them in there. And as you place them in there, I want you to think about what that means for you. What it will mean for you is you will flower, you will flourish when you live life partnering with God. You will never be behind in life when you partner with Him. He will make sure of that. When you, when you put your flower over there, I want you to think about that you're going to try your best to make it your life's purpose, to put yourself in a position day after day, week after week, year after year, being faithful to the calling of God on your life. And you're going to allow him to build on the life and the situations you find yourself in. But the number one thing is this, 100% surrender to Jesus. You know what I love about Peter? I love about Peter. He gave it all to Jesus. He gave it all to him. And he made a mistake and he rocked up the next day. And he come into the boat and Jesus tells him to, you know, cast the net on the other side. And he does and he catches a whole heap of fish. And then Peter, crazy Peter, jumps in, swims over just to beat him, beat the other disciples. But one thing about Peter, he can't run, but he can swim. And you know what? He gets there and you know what he says to Peter? He says to them, come. And they come. 
He says, bring some of the fish you've caught. Actually, the only reason they caught fish in the first place was because of listening to Jesus. And all the blessings in your life, they may not have come from direct obedience, but they are from above. And he says, bring a couple of the fish with you and come. That's what he wants. Use what you have and just surrender yourself to his way. So the team's going to come up and they're going to play while um, we have opportunity. Now there's, there's time, so don't all have to rush at once. And um, I'll just, if we could just enter this way and go out the back. So wherever you come, that would be great. And take a flower. And you know what? As you, maybe before you come, think about what is it that you're laying down? What is it that you need to give over? What is it that you just really want to be encouraging? But remember this. How, or ask yourself the question, how can I partner with you better, God? And if there's anything that he's calling you to be obedient in and stepping out in faith, do it. If there's anything he's asked you to let go of and stop beating yourself up over, forgive yourself, yeah, forgive others. But just allow God, the Spirit of God, to breathe into you this morning. And as the team plays, thanks.